when you're going to invest into a community, really try to make sure that you're not investing just into that piece of property that you're buying. If you can invest also into the people and into the community, it's going to not only help your own investment, but it's going to help the community as well. It's that time of year again, tax season. How are you doing on tax season? How's that treating you so far? Well, if you have a lot of receipts and you're organizing things like your income and expenses and creating reports, and you're also trying to keep up to date with the new tax reform this year, there's a lot of deductions that we can take to maximize return, and there's a lot of strategies that we need to make sure we're aware of. Are you optimizing for the new tax laws? Well, our sponsor, Stessa, teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you the ultimate rental property tax guide in I've read it. This is the ultimate rental property tax guide. I'm talking about they've got everything covered from opportunity zones to entity selection to establishing a home office, travel expenses, what type of travel expenses are deductible, real estate strategies, tax strategies, capital improvements versus repairs. I mean, this is the ultimate rental property tax guide. And you can get it for free by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. You have to sign up for an account, but the account is free. So when you sign up for a free Stessa account, you will get this guide. This is worth its weight in gold for sure. Go to stessa.com, S-T-E-S-S-A.com forward slash best taxes. And when you work with Stessa, Stessa is a tool that helps every rental property owner track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate investment. So it's going to save a lot of time during tax season, but then also through the rest of the season as we go and grow our rental portfolio and optimize that. So go to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. Get that ultimate rental property tax guide. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Nico Blue. How you doing, Nico? Hey, Joe. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going well and looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Nico. He's the principal and managing broker of Blue Investing. Before starting Blue Investing, Nico was the top producing apartment broker in Southern California at his brokerage and he has a personal career transaction volume greater than $2 billion. That's what the B, $2 billion, based in Boulder Creek, California. So with that being said, Nico, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, for sure. I grew up in Southern California, was a surfer, grew up down near San Diego. My dad owned uh, some surf shops. So they're like surf slash smoke shops. Growing up, I was a surfer helping my dad out in the shops. And then sort of after high school, really went into business with him trying to help get those surf shops up and running. We had a surf shop right on Mission Beach called Ride and Reef and Smoke and Reefer. Um, It was great, man. We were killing it in the early 90s. And I ended up, once I came aboard, I was there to help him open up two more surf shops along Mission Beach. One of them was called Surf's Up, Down. The other one was called Pit Puff Pass. And they ended up sort of being kind of a staple in the Mission Beach community throughout the 90s. So that's the 90s and just for my own clarification. So did you all own those surf shops or were you leasing them out? Yeah, exactly. So they were standalone buildings right along the beach. We did own those buildings. 
which really helped us sort of keep our overhead down, not necessarily having to be a tenant and pay those monthly fees. Oh, sure. So do you still own those surf shops? No, no, not anymore. Being from the, the surfing community, one of the big things we like to do, my dad and I, we, we would go up to Northern California and surf the epic Mavericks wave. Have you heard of that? Uh-uh. It was like a whole movie with Gerard Butler. He was in it. It's an epic surf location up in Northern California in Half Moon Bay. Fortunately, my dad drowned in a surfing accident. That was in 95, 96, and that was sort of sent me on a different path on life. At that point, I sort of gave up surfing, tried to just take a step back, look internally about what am I doing with my life, and wanted to move up to Northern California, wanted to be closer to his energy and kind of where he last was. So sold off all the locations by 1996, 97, and then took all the life insurance that my dad had and was able to start opening up Blue Investing up there in Boulder Creek. So what does Blue Investing do? The way we got started was one of the first purchases I found was this ranch up in Boulder Creek. It was a 25,000-acre ranch. And after he passed away, really started getting following the Buddhist ideology, started reading a lot more about spirituality and becoming closer with earth and trying to live a more self-sustaining lifestyle and eventually became a nudist. And I know that's not the life that most people like to live, but me and a, and a bunch of friends and my girlfriend moved up there onto this ranch and sort of started our own little community. Mm -hmm. um, at the beginning, we, we built anywhere between 20 to 30 little cottages on our ranch, and we started having people move in into our community, which allowed us to start charging rent and own these properties and really started to build the blue investing and then ended up growing those cottages into over 200 different cottages across our ranch. And that really allowed us to start bringing in a lot of money into allowing us to start investing into other properties outside of the ranch and into the actual Boulder Creek community. Wow. So you bought a ranch that did not have cottages on it. And then you and some of your close friends and your girlfriend moved there and had a couple cottages built and then you recruited others to come and then you're basically renting out dirt with a tent or how does that work? No, we ended up building this small community. We had about 20 or 30 little cottages built and operating on the ranch. Everything that we were doing up there was self-sustaining. We were growing our own fruits, vegetables. We had our chickens, goats, cows, and it really became sort of an attraction of this sort of Buddhist community, this nudist community about what we were doing. Popularity started to grow, which allowed for more people interested in moving into the community to not only move in, but invest into us building. We ended up building over 200 different solid cottages on the ranch. At and that point, we had almost, I think we had between 800, 900 people living on the ranch at one point. Hmm. It's typically challenging to make land profitable. And development is, in my opinion, the risk is certainly greater than if you buy an existing structure. So what gave you the confidence that when you buy a piece of land that you'd be able to make that profitable? Well, that wasn't necessarily the idea going into it. The idea was we wanted to just build a place that we could enjoy for ourselves I think all of us, when we moved up there, had the idea to live just a more simple, self-sustaining lifestyle, and it ended up becoming more of a movement than anything. So sort of as interest and in people wanting to invest and wanting to come and live 
and be a part of the community. As that grew, that allowed us to grow as well and start really investing into more of the supplies that we needed to build out a lot of these cottages. What were some challenges that you came across? You're essentially building a town on a ranch. So I, I'm sure there are a lot of challenges you came across. What are a couple that you had to resolve? Well, the biggest challenge was the city of Boulder Creek, the town, did not like what we were doing. We got met with a, a bunch of resistance from the other people living in the town. They didn't like our lifestyle. They didn't like what we were all about, what we were doing. Specifically the nudist part? I think that had a lot to do with it. We're very free living people. We did grow marijuana up there from time to time. And I think between the nudity and, and the marijuana, I think some of the old people that lived up there, they had lived up there for a long time and just hadn't come across people like us. And people get scared of what they don't know. It was illegal at the time in California to do that, right? Exactly. Yes. We were running a legal operation up there. Everything about our business is 100% legal. It was illegal before, but now what you're doing now is legal, just to, so I'm making sure. Yes. Yes. 100% of what we do is legal. We didn't start doing the marijuana growing until way later in the 2000s when it was legal to actually grow it up there for medicinal purposes. Got it. Okay. So how did you overcome that challenge of the town not having a positive thoughts towards you all? That's a great question. So I think the sheer number of people that we had moving up there and being a part of the community and us having the funds to start moving outside of the ranch, I was able to buy two different apartment complexes both which had about 45 to 50 units apiece in there. The community itself, before we had moved in, wasn't the richest community. So being able to invest in these apartment complexes allowed us to not only get more people, more of the nudists into the community, we were able to rent it to those people at, at a much lower rate because of how much money we saved on being able to purchase these apartment complexes for 50 cents on the dollar. The community had not been doing well. I ended up getting elected to city council along with a couple other members of, wow. of, of our community. So just being able to sort of infiltrate the community from a governmental level allowed us to pass certain laws that allowed us to continue what we are doing up there. Hmm. Like what? Just like zoning restrictions and how many different buildings we can build on a certain plot of land, okay. uh, different restrictions when it comes to nudity around schools and making sure that everything that our people are doing that are in our nudist colony, they're following the rules and they're not doing anything illegal. So I noticed that you're talking about this in the past tense. So is this no longer a thing? Yeah, this is something I'm not really a part of as much anymore. I ended up selling off all my shares into this community. Um, me personally, it's still a part of the Blue Investing Group, but I personally don't have much to do with it anymore. I'm really focused on trying to find another community in Northern California where we could start to invest into another ranch or into another small town. And just curious, why not continue to build that out versus, you said it's 25,000 acre ranch, right? Yes. Why, why not continue to build that out versus start something new from scratch? Yeah, I figured it was just time to move on. I feel like that we've kind of really push the limits of how much we can really grow in that town. There's only a certain amount of area and a certain amount of land that we can buy and, and buildings we can build out there. We've really done a, a great job of building up that community. And I'm just looking forward to the next challenge of my life and, and really want to see there are 
other communities that have been asking us to kind of look into bringing what we've done in Boulder Creek to other parts of the country or other parts of the state. You took the profits from that and now, is that currently cash flowing, by the way, the original 25,000 acre ranch community? Yes. You're still an owner in that. You're just not focused on it. Exactly. I'm still an owner and I don't really have anything to do with the day-to-day activity of keeping all the ranch up and running and going. At this point, it's pretty self-sustaining. So it allows me to really focus on like the next endeavor. And so with this next endeavor, what are some things that you're looking for in order to make it another financial success? Yeah, I think the main thing is we want to really move to an area where we can bring some of the community that's already embedded from the nudist colony into the town that we're moving to, as well as trying to get more outside investors, because we still have a lot of people who want to be a part of this. They want to live a simpler lifestyle. They want to move to a place with like-minded people. So there are people who want to invest with us, but right now it's just trying to find the right area where we can buy and really buy a lot and make sure that where we move, that we don't run into a lot of the same issues that we ran into in Boulder Creek. So it's trying to find an area that has some cheap land, some infrastructure already in place that we don't need to start everything from scratch. When you create a community out of basically raw land, what are some income sources that you generate as a result of that? Clearly, renting the cottages is one of them. But do you have any other income sources from the nudists who – are basically your tenants? Yeah. On our ranch, we had like a small little town center where we had our own cafe slash restaurant. We had our own bar slash nightclub. And the community is really tight. And people spent a lot of time within the community in that restaurant and in that bar. We had a place of worship as well, where we had donations. And we also had people who moved into the town that wanted to invest into blue investing as well. So We were getting investors as well as we had some sustaining businesses up and running. Anything else as it relates to this business that we haven't discussed that you think we should mention? I think a lot of it is we really got into this because this is just the lifestyle that we love and the lifestyle we want to live. I think that a lot of times people get a little bit too caught up in just trying to, hey, we just need to make money at any way possible. But I think if you're really trying to do something positive in this world and trying to live a nice clean, self-sustaining lifestyle, you're going to find people that are going to want to invest in you. As long as you're authentic and you're speaking the truth and you're following up and living the lifestyle that you talk about, people are going to see that. They're going to see the passion that you have and they're going to want to invest in what it is you're doing. Yeah, I never thought that it would ever grow into something like this. And it's pretty crazy how big it's gotten. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? When you're going to invest into a community, Really try to make sure that you're not investing just into that piece of property that you're buying. If you can invest also into the people and into the community, it's going to not only help your own investment, but it's going to help the community as well. And the more support you have from the community, the more that community is going to want to bring you in. As a member of the community, they're going to want to support it. and They're not going to try to stand in your way when you try to start new businesses and new ideas. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's go for it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Stessa is the essential tool for tracking your rental properties, and it's going to save you a tremendous amount of time during tax season. Stessa organizes all of your rental property financials and automatically creates all the reports you need to file your tax return. And Stessa teamed up with the top 
Real Estate CPAs to offer you, best ever listeners, the ultimate rental property tax guide to help you maximize your deductions. Get that copy when you sign up for an account that counts free. So get the copy by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. That's S-T-E-S-S-A dot com forward slash best taxes. Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net. Best ever book you've recently read? Uh, the best ever book I've recently read. Hmm. I think I would probably have to go back to The Art of Loving by Eric Fromm. What's a mistake you made when putting this nudist colony together? We started to build before we got permits. What happened? We had to shut down construction for a few weeks until we got all that straightened out, but we ended up getting back on track. What's the best ever deal you've done? I think the best ever deal had to be buying that 25,000-acre ranch up in Boulder Creek. Just being able to start that and grow that as a passion project and then watch it grow into something that is a huge investment opportunity for not only me but other people. I think that ended up being out of this world. And what is your real name? My real name is Matt Azark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a comedian up here in New York City. I'm happy to be back on the podcast, man. (laughs) April Fool's, best ever listeners. We do an April Fool's Day episode every year, except for last year. We missed it, and we're back. April Fool's. There is no nudist colony. Well, there might be a nudist colony, but just not in Boulder Creek, California. That I'm aware of, at least. If not, there should be. (laughs) Matt, how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you personally got going on, not fictitious Nico Blue character? I'm a stand-up comedian here in New York. You can check out my website, www.mattazark. That's M-A-T-T-A-Z-A-R-K.com. Also, you can go to bombsheltercomedy.club. That's one of the shows that I run up here in New York City. So we're running shows at New York Comedy Club, Westside Comedy Club, and then we run a weekly show at a bar in Hell's Kitchen called Gap West. And you got a podcast. What's it called? Yeah. What are you talking about? Also, I got my own podcast called Trophy Dad Podcast. It's on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. But yeah, it's a podcast by me, and I have other comedians, other dads. It's sort of like a goof-off podcast. We drink beer and just talk about life. Matt? There might be a couple things I have to edit out of this episode, but I would rather remove than have to add things. You really went above and beyond in this one. Thank you for being on the show, my friend, and thanks for another April Fool's Day episode. Best ever listeners, none of what we're talking about is true, just to reiterate, so it is April Fool's Day episode. Besides, that's contact info. Thanks for being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day, and we'll talk to you later. Yeah, see you later. Thank you again. Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net.